Today's guest is Andrew Solis, CEO and founder of Cut Above Zero Proof Spirits. I mean, we're talking gin, agave, blanco, mezcal, and whiskey. Now, many of you don't have to think far about the time that you have come across uh, a special occasion with friends or an outing and someone isn't drinking or someone is trying to stop drinking or just in general, you don't feel like drinking. And let's not forget dry January, right? All of these topics and these cultural significant social moments really impact our lives, our our morale, you name it. Uh, Sometimes, often our very health. Well, Andrew understands that. And as you'll hear in this conversation, the origin story provides an even more personal and profound reason for why he went a cut above most entrepreneurs to look at an industry he didn't know anything about, to develop a product that isn't necessarily trying to remove alcohol from people's lives, but to be a complementary option, one that's inclusive, and one that will give people the opportunity to continue to do what humans should do, which is socialize without friction. And so whether you want to listen to the story just to hear another great conversation as we always have on this show, or to learn more about how you can support the growth and development of a product that I truly believe can change a lot of people's lives, this is the episode for you. Without further ado, Andrew Solis. Andrew, man, I'm so glad to have you here. And you know, what's most interesting about this is I myself have, and I live in LA now, but in the past lived in New York and found that I had no social life because I did not want to drink. So we'll get into all that in particular. But first of all, man, I, I hope you're doing good today. How are you feeling today? I am doing good. I'm doing really good. We are in the middle of a busy, busy month. Try January for non-alc is, uh, is good. So I, I hope to be busy all of this month. Yeah, no, it's funny you say that. There are a lot of people who were bringing it up no matter where I went. Dry January, dry January, which is exactly the kind of market that you're in and creating. Now, if it's all right... At what point did you find, like, are you yourself, not only the creator of a non-alcoholic beverage uh, in particular, but also you yourself not a drinker? I, I do consume alcohol. Um, and it's actually part of why I, I started the brand. Um, so to kind of just go back into it, there's a long way to answer, answer your question. So about three, three, four years ago, I was at a point in my life where I wanted to drink a little bit less, not necessarily stop altogether. And, and it felt like that was going to be really hard, hard to do. Uh, I have to say alcohol has been part of my life before it legally should have been part of my life for, for better and, and worse times. Um, <laughs> and, and about that, that same time, um, my, my oldest, my son was asking more questions about what I did professionally at the dinner table. And, and, and I noticed that I was would dodge, I redirect and re- reflecting back, there was just a, a lack of, um, that sense of fulfillment, right? From what I spent a lot of my hours of the day doing. And I just had this thought, you know, I needed to set a better example, right? For my kids, like, what does it look like to, to try to make the world a better place, um, to try to take a risk on yourself and, and, and make sure I was transparent as I went through that process. So, but I wanted to drink a little bit less, um, wanted to be a better example for, for my children. And what I say, but, lit the fuse was waking up one Saturday morning with the hangover that I'm fully responsible for. Um, we're celebrating a friend's milestone birthday. And I just had this thought, like, how cool would it have been last night to have enjoyed the same cocktail that everyone else has in their hand that took care and craft, had a nice garnish and a cool name, um, 
but be in control of the actual amount of alcohol inside of it and order drinks like we do order in rounds, right? You get one, I get one. So be able to stay out and enjoy that occasion, you know, prior to, to non-alc spirits, right? Whatever the strength of the cocktail that was slid across the bar top to you, that's the strength you're drinking it at. And, and so Cut Above was really created to bring that, that option. Um, I don't necessarily know that I believe it's true, but what I like to say is my phone was listening as I was having these early conversations because I got an ad for a non-alcoholic whiskey um, all of a sudden, right? So I ordered this non-alcoholic whiskey to my house. Uh, I tried it and it really didn't sort of live up to the brand promise. Um, there were some things that I think were good and some things that I think weren't good. And so I just kept trying these different things that were on the market and none of them really delivered the kind of cocktail that I would want to consume. And none of the brands really spoke to me as someone who was more what we kind of call our moderator. Some days, maybe I don't want to consume alcohol. Maybe it's multiple days, um, but maybe some days I do. Maybe in a given evening, I want to start out with a full strength gin and tonic and then go to one that doesn't have alcohol, but keep all that same taste, right? Keep that cocktail glass in my hand. So I wanted the brand to, to really speak to, to those that, that were like me. Um, and so... I like to say we respect everyone's choice. Um, everyone's welcome at my table. Everyone's welcome at Cut Above's, uh, you know, virtual bar. And it's all about us being together and really kind of normalizing um, the fact that, you know, someone may not be drinking one evening, whether they drink before or not, right? Yeah, and I mean, first of all, I can only imagine that moment when you were sitting there and you and you started to notice yourself you know, trying to, because, you know, it's a kid and, you know, it's not that time yet. And even if we grew up one way, it's not going to be repeated. And, and you know, that's a, especially, I mean, I, I don't know about you in particular. I, I'm going to assume possibly to some degree this may be true for you, but like I come from a family, right, where like drinking was the norm, heavy, right? Uh, some people to this day ended up with like liver cirrhosis and it's no mystery that, you know, a lot of these drinks that create that kind of situation also come from South America, right? And so there's there's that whole thing as well. And you know, it hurts to see some family end up like that. And so then, you know, you combine that with the idea of like, well, do as I say, not as I do, starts to become a factor that you start to see as you're saying whatever you're saying to your child. I can imagine what that was like. I can put myself there. And then you look at, the cultural uh, uh, sort of the cultural attributes that start to surround us every day when we're going out and the peer pressures and you're really trying to cut back, you have certain goals and you also don't want to make other people feel bad, like you're superior for not drinking. There's so many things that surround alcohol in particular in our daily lives as adults that I'm super relieved to hear that you not only attempted to order like However, that ad popped up is, you know, rather questionable, right? But you <laughs> attempted to order it anyways. You took a stab at it yourself and you said, you know what, this can be done better. And here we are. I mean, you know, we're fast tracking at this point, but here we are with you have a, a line of products that are all set to meet that expectation and likely even exceed it, right? Just by offering the result that you're looking for, where you don't need something like dehydromyricetin and those party pills to help you overcome the hangover by helping you metabolize or all that stuff. So for me, it's really exciting to be having this conversation with you fundamentally for all those factors coming together into one conversation. Because let's face it, it's hard to have a social life. It's like when someone wants to 
go keto. Well, now all you can do is like practically just eat cheese and everywhere you go to eat with your friends, you don't, or if you're vegan, there's also that. Anytime you restrict or cut back on something, it ostracizes you from society. And so I'm glad that your positioning in the market is also of such, and I promise I'll stop talking and ask you a question. Uh, but I, I love that your positioning here is, look, I'm not here to replace things. I'm here to be a complement to that and to provide that choice. And and I, that's that's like already instantly I'm a fan and I haven't even had the chance to try the product yet. But I want you to know that after this, I've got to have a conversation with you about getting some of that because that's exactly where I want to go with things. So so let me let me dive into this, right? Because I was looking at your background and I mean, you have like a lot of like finance and things of that nature in your background as well, right? So was it, was it, rather difficult for you to get into this line of business or did I miss something in my notes and you were already somewhat in this space to some degree? No, I had no business starting a beverage company based on my background <laughs> is the way I say it. But the the one thing I did have, right, is years of professional experience and, and the rigor, right, it, it took to get to where I was at um, with my company before I left and did kind of above full, full time. There's a, a funny story I always like to tell that kind of sheds light on my personality. So, you know, I had this idea things could be done better. Um, I I wrote myself a research paper, an 80-page research paper. It's never going to see the light of day. Like, literally, it was just for me. Um, but I really was curious and wanted to understand, like, how does the beverage industry work from producing to marketing to distributing to advertising? You know, everything, all these giant pieces that exist in, in the ecosystem. I, I just needed to make sure I had an understanding that there was a business opportunity there, that there was an opportunity to um, have the, like the brand bring a message that necessarily wasn't in, in the market at the time. And that, that even though the background, right, wasn't in beverage, that, that curiosity has been a natural trait, wanting to know a lot about things, wanting to get into the weeds and yeah, yeah still serve me well, right? Daily, you know, as I learn new things, new partnerships, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. See, so like you said, that reveals a lot about your personality. It sounds like you often have to outline anything that crosses your mind because you got to get it off your chest. You got to get it off your mind so that you could actually have some sanity and focus on what you were doing. So then where's that bridge? So you have that moment, you have that pivotal moment, you write this paper. What gives you the courage to, is it just that you saw there was a business opportunity there or were you just committed to this idea of realizing this opportunity? I was, I was committed to realizing it. You know, being the better example for my kids is a really just strong motivator. I mean, like for most people, right? Doing things for their, their family is a really just strong inner motivator. So, so that was there, right? As, as the base, um, having a very supportive and loving spouse, right? So if we're going to take this risk, like we are taking this, this risk and making sure, you know, we understand it. And, you know, she sat me down. These are expectations. This isn't a pet project, you know, do it for a year and then find something else you want to do. Like, um, Believing in the message, seeing the the thoughts, you know, there were days where I would just sit there kind of stare and I'm thinking about the brand and the message and what kind of spirit do I want to make and how would I even go about making it? And so she she saw I was putting a lot of thought in into it. So so the bridge from, hey, this could be a business to right, starting the execution, starting to build these formulas was made easy by those motivators. Um, and then very early on, bringing some subject matter experts I didn't want to develop something that tasted really good to Andrew, but not good to anybody else. <laughs> so we brought in some veterans um, from the spirits industry. Uh, it's really important to me that that cut above isn't just a 
a brand you bring it into your house. Like I, I want to be when you go to the bar or the restaurant, wherever you choose to imbibe. So we've always placed an importance on our, our bar and restaurant partners, you know, making sure right the bottle has the right weight to it. It fits in, in the wells where it needs to fit. Um, they can use it as utility the way they would work with traditional spirits. So having right the, the, this uh, right research done, I think there's a business here. Having a supportive right household behind me, being able to do it. Um, my background and just right personality traits about the diligence that I like to do. Um, and then bringing on that expertise at the beginning. I think all those things together were necessary for us to get get off the ground. Now, immediately to my mind, even with all that there, distribution starts to become the biggest question, right? Because uh, most places now they have to tack that on to whatever else uh, in terms of their inventory they have, right? Is that a challenge that you find? Because just as someone who has purchased non-alcoholic alternatives, letting you know how much of a customer I am here, right? Uh, some of them have so many supplements that it gives me a headache. It's supposed to give you this float, if you will. You may even be able to know what I'm talking about. And it just, it didn't work. Some of them taste like licorice, like black licorice, which I'm not a fan of particularly, right? And then others do taste like a flavored seltzer, if you will. Um, but generally speaking, uh, their promise on, oh, this also gives you a flow. I'm like, you know, if it only has supplements, there's no way it's going to create that effect because I'm a supplement nerd myself and rarely have ever come across anything other than maybe venpositine that's ever made me feel, you know, something. And, and that's only because it's a supplement here, but in other places it's scheduled as an actual drug. So that, that you know, there's a, there's a lot to be said there. So when I when I think of like, oh, can I go to a bar and order these things that I've tasted somewhere uh, that I've purchased myself from stores? I usually can't. So how are you, if you don't mind me asking, because I feel like this is the most relevant question to the growth and and, and uh, adoption of this product is like distribution. It's one thing to buy and, you know, have it at home. It's another to be able to be out there socially. Has that crossed your mind in the business plan? It has. It's a it's it's a requirement to scale. You have to have distribution, right, to to bring the product to all these places that that I'm talking about. So we we self distribute across the U.S. now. So I, right, I can get that to your house. I can get it to your bar that you own. Um, we do want to move into more distribution. We're distributed across seven states. We have partner distributors that are there. I'll call it right, big big alcohol, right? That yeah. that's the business. Yeah. That, that that's, yeah. that's that's the framework, right? That that a non alcoholic spirit has to fit into. And there's still a lot of old guard right, in, in charge of that. They, they know non-alc is, is, a, is a thing. Um, they can't necessarily ignore it. So how do they figure out what they want to do with it? And so part of part of my responsibility is to kind of help them. And that message of it's not, you know, I'm going to take away this consumer's bourbon that you've been selling them, you know, for 15 years. And I'm going to now put the cut above bourbon or whiskey in front of them. Like, it's not that, hey, both bottles are there, right? It's, that's about that choice. So distribution is is necessary. It's it's challenging because we have to overcome um, a lot of years of of habit of what what they sell. Right, my bag is alcohol. Um, yeah. the, the really amazing line that my wife came up the other day is, is uh, there was a bar that was initially uh, had a lot of objections, right, to bringing us on. And he said, "Oh, my business is selling like I sell alcohol." She said, "No, what you really do is you you sell drinks and hands." That reframing for me was like. Ooh. How succinct is that that message that that she came up with? So that's what we bring when we have these conversations. Like, listen, the, the consumer is looking for this, right? We've got all the data behind to show that's the case. Um, you've got the relationships. You've got the sales expertise. 
And here's our story because our story matters. It's, it's different than a lot of the, the other brands, the way we position ourselves. And so as long as we feel our distributor partners can, can tell that story, um, they're in the right markets we want to be, we'll continue to grow. Um, and we grow a state, three states at a time. I'm very cautious to make sure it's sustainable. I never want to be in a position where I can't right, float inventory for, for an order. Um, it's hard because I'm also impatient, right? So, you know, I want things to pick up really, really fast. Uh, there is a little bit of time pressure, but, um, you know, making sure that that we do things right, um, that we go into these relationships, thinking about the long term, set these up as really good partnerships. is It's important to me personally. Yeah, and I love that you're you're cautious about the the growing too fast thing too, especially when you have to be the one producing the product. I mean, the a good order of a million cases could literally ruin everything. And that's what's crazy about running a business like this. Uh, and, and then you've got the overhead that you have to still maintain all while creating and fulfilling orders, all while going up against markets that are truly... Uh, Sort I'm looking for. It's very similar to Hollywood or anything else. There's politics involved. You know, my friend, he owns a liquor store out in Connecticut in Hamden. And it's just like, you know, even just to get into to directly distributors, like the bigger names is like impossible. You know, everybody guards their relationships. So a lot of what I'm hearing, and if I piece it together with the things that I've come across, it's starting to make a lot of sense. But I'm so glad someone like you with your vision your tenacity and your crazy work ethic of doing an 80 page report. I mean, that just speaks to the way you're going to be running all things, I imagine. Right. So what's it like to build a team around this mission? Has it been, has it been rewarding? Was it very easy to get people behind that? Or were people like, you know, how often do you come across non-alcoholic drinkers? Right. Like how, what does that look like? Yeah. So we, we have been, I have a team, right? And it's no, I don't have direct employees, right? So it's me, kind of as right being. And that means I'm everything from moving pallets around some days to out, right? Visiting accounts and, you know, talking about, about the product and everything and anything in between. Um, I, I love that because that means that, right, one day I'll be able to say, I'm not going to ask someone to do something for this company that I haven't already done myself. Um, and I like that. So, so bringing people, right? Um, so, our marketing person um, that runs our social media and, and advertising, it, it it took in the beginning, right, that conversation of like, this isn't a, a gimmicky thing. This isn't a snake oil, right, type of thing. Like, this is someone who um, understands and appreciates spirits, has been a consumer of them, like, loves cocktail culture, um, but just has this mission, right, this vision to to make it feel more inclusive for those that aren't drinking, whatever reason, whatever duration. And, you know, the, that, that base motivator is choice, right? And we love choice. Right. We, we love having the biggest selection to pick from because when we make that choice, right, we feel, feel empowered. And that's kind of the base thing behind behind our brand. So when it's more about the brand, when I try to bring bring people and, and team together and they kind of understand our vision, then it just becomes like, oh, it just so happens to be non-alcoholic spirits. Like you're, you're building something right bigger that that's got a that's got a message that's positive And that's, you know, building a, a world where, you know, we're all together. I think about like vegetarianism. I'll kind of see this, yeah. this evolving, right? You know, maybe it was a big deal. You know, Philip didn't order meat one time at dinner. Okay, are you okay, man? What's going on? <laughs> um, it, was, it was a topic at some point in time. And then you start to saw these options appear on menus. Maybe it was even a separate printed menu. Then they started to become part of the menu, but they still had their separate right section. And now it's just here the entrees, right? Some have animal protein, some don't. That's how I see this evolving. That's why I kind of see my charge in, in this in, in the segment. Is, is getting us to that point where we're sort of normalized. And, and it's weird, right, being a brand owner to say this, but I would love for, for one day not to be a, a topic of conversation who's 
you're not having or having up. Yeah, no, that that's how you know you made it when you become part of a utility as opposed to a branded software, right? It's just it's just a function of society at that point. Yeah, but it just so happens that you led the way. What does it look like? Excuse me. What does it look like to not only have to deal with the old guard and you know help them understand where you're coming from and slowly getting them to see how you're actually a partner and not a competitor, but then to look at other products that may not be making like a mezcal or something like that, right? But they're doing like a seltzer that's also now alcoholic, but it's a hard seltzer. It's supposed to like, do you look, cause that's, there's two different audiences and then there's the actual people, right? So, oh, excuse me, <laughs> I'm having the day. All right. So what does it look like to, to manage that relationship between you got the old guard on one side and then you have, competing products that are just different products, not necessarily direct competitors. Yeah, they, they the way I think about it is, is this such a small segment, it's such a young segment, right? We're in this, go back to you know, sort of visual, right? This little harbor, this bay. And and, and it's the old analogy, right? All tide rises, rises all of us. So I've been really, one thing that's been really nice is as I've gotten to know these other brand owners that, you know, sell like a seltzer or sell, um, an aperitivo or a bitter, right? Non-alcohol. Yeah. The 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 great thing is is it's this community where a lot of us didn't have beverage backgrounds, and we're figuring this out together, right? You're maybe a year ahead of me stepwise, and we were, we're willing to share with each other. It's it's an amazing and it occurs behind the scenes, right? We're not like doing these calls or posts about on LinkedIn. It's just giving a phone call or a text. Um, the there are days where it's it's super challenging, right? And and the thought crossed in my mind, this was the worst idea you've ever came up with, Andrew. You know, the next day is like this thing's going to the moon. It's amazing. So there's this oscillation, right, of emotions that occur. And so when I see the the founders of these other products that, you know, aren't the direct competitors, as you say, um, I, I, I welcome conversation with them. They welcome conversation with me. Um, we look for synergies because in the end, like all of us have this, this message, right, that you talk about to the other side, which is how, how do we... How do we get our seat at, at this table? You know, when people have worn in chairs that have been there a really long time, um, how do we do that? And, and it's better when we have more messengers doing that. And that's the way I think about it. Yeah, I mean, what, what would it look like to have the most interesting man in the world hold a bottle <laughs> of what you're doing? You know what I mean? Like that, that's the picture I get in mind. Like that's how you know you're getting there, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I think we'll, we'll see that this year. Um, we saw the tail end of last year, some, some celebrity endorsements for, uh, for some brands. I think um, in just entertainment and, and music, there's there's a lot of artists that, that are sober or going sober. Um, and so this year, I think we'll see a lot of that. And to your point, right, that, that just really speeds up that normalization process. It brings people who may have objected like, any whiskey, no way, never, not for me. Okay, well, yeah, maybe let me let me just try it, right? And that's that's all I look for. I love the let me just try it. Where the my favorite question is like, what's the point? <laughs> what's, what's the point of this, Andrew? Like, why? What's the point of that? Um, and so, you know, depending on where I'm at, you know, I've got a different answer for that one each each time. But the um, the ability for us to to bring the the products uh, to market, like I said, all, all together um, and carry that message and have that normalization occur is going to be sped up this year. And it's going to be through that type of thing. Finding the most interesting man in the world at some point in time, right? With a, in a beer in his hand. 
We're going to make that happen, man. Uh, 100%, 100% <laughs> true. There's another conversation waiting to happen after this podcast. Um, but uh, so now that we've sort of discussed the mission, the vision, so the origin story, right? We're looking at like, also, we've highlighted the fact that right now the you're on the groundwork of it, and yet you're doing a lot of this work already getting some serious traction going. What is the process like? Is it is it just the idea of like pulling it before it develops alcohol or something? Because, you know, I'm not going to pretend that I know anything about brewing or distilling or making beverages. I know even less than the person who knows less, right? So <laughs> for me, I'd like to just walk me through this because it's no secret, you know, that entrepreneurs love to get down. They're always at business meetings. They're drinking. You name it, especially in a place like New York. Forget about it, right? That would be the mother load if we could hit that as a demographic, right? So what does this process look like when you're doing it? And how is it different from when you started to where you are now? In terms of the process of making yeah, the, yeah, the beverage, yeah. you mean? Yeah, yeah. So in a great, great question and a frequent question we get. And so I would say the hard work went into the development and so the making it now is the easy part. So the development of it, you know, we spent almost almost two years um, trying thousands of flavor combinations. Like I like to say, okay, you want to create a, a gin that brings everything about a gin, right? Just no alcohol. So you've got this like board of all these dials of all these flavors on there. And you turn one up a little bit and then you maybe put one down and then you test it. Then you bring in a whole nother knob, you turn and bring another flavor in and then you test it. So it's this combination of all these natural things, cut above uses, things that are found in the earth. It's a root, it's a bark, it's a flower, it's a leaf, it's a grass, something like that. Um, so we had to just find that right combination, right, of those natural flavors um, to get the taste, right? That's just the taste. Then you have to look, okay, what's the, the smell of it, right? So when you open a bottle, you're, you're, that's part of it, part of the experience, that olfactory component. Um, so maybe we got the smell right, but then the taste was thrown off. So, you know, we go back, we get that right. And then it has to work in a cocktail. So we, we'd make a bunch of cocktails with it. We'd make it, you know, with um, other non-alcoholic spirits. We'd make it with traditional spirits. Um, we'd make shaking cocktails, frozen. We'd serve. We'd let the ice melt. We did all these things to just make sure that really that I had, right, this confidence that when the product went to market, I knew how it was going to work in, in a cocktail, which is how, you know, they're designed to be enjoyed. So all, all of that work, um, which was, it was grueling, um, when it comes time to, to manufacture and, and to make cut above, it, it makes it a lot easier in that we don't add alcohol into the process. So we don't distill, we don't barrel age, uh, we don't do anything like that. We have a proprietary process where we take all those natural flavors, we combine them with some other ingredients uh, that our master blender puts together, literally looks like a giant blender. And then we add some highly filtered uh, neutral pH water to it, and we bottle it usually that same day or the day after. So it's a very straightforward process now at the end, but that's due to all the work we put in up front. And then you throw into that mix the amount of work it takes to, like, whenever you're creating anything consumable, right? You're talking about the FDA approvals, and, you know, did you look at Packers? And it's just... So all that took place under two years in, in conjunction with each other, or was it then after the development? Then you had to go and deal with all the paperwork and rigmarole. It's, it, it was all together. It was all together. I don't know what in my right hey. mind maybe <laughs> wanted to develop four things at the same time, <laughs> right? Had had I known. Um, so the, right, so figuring out that right and finalizing the the brand, the, the packaging, the box, right, the messaging, web. I mean, anything right that your listeners know it takes to get to get a company off the ground. All of that right was occurring at the same time, 
so that we, um, October of 2022 was our, our initial first month of sales wow. that, that when we hit that, that we were positioned, it was really, it's always been really important to me, um, that we are positioned in a way that gives us a sense of authority, right? Because we have this message to carry about. And so if we had anything that looked like, okay, this is kind of, you know, the, the a, a product that I don't quite trust because maybe the the brand isn't as polished right as as it's as it should be. Um, I just wanted to kind of lower that barrier as much as I could. So, you know, we came out of the gate with highly polished product and content and knew our messaging down and then rehearsed it. And then it's just right, it's the matter of, of time, right? Taking that message out, refining it time and time again, knowing our audience. But all that had to occur at, at the same time for us to really announce ourselves right in the market and say like we we belong here we've set something up different than what's out there this is why hey come come taste let's make a cocktail again no i mean coming out with four products at once that's how you get authority <laughs> period you know what i mean it's it's not just a, a one-hit wonder you came out with a full album and it's ready to be heard right so we're seeing that uh, you launched in October of 2022. Amazing in terms of sales, right? What was it like out of the gate? Were you surprised to see the level of adoption that did take place? I was surprised to see the level of adoption that did not take place. Um, and so I'm, I'm honest about that because I think it's an important right message. And, and it was a, a mental mistake that I think I made. Um, and it was really an underappreciation for the value of salespeople. So I thought we've got this nice, right, polished brand, all the things you just heard me talk about, right? All the thought and creativity that went into it to make sure it was right. Um, and I think I placed a little bit of weight of like, that's going to carry, that's going to generate a sale. And, and really that, that's, not, that's not true. Or I'll say it wasn't true for us. Um, being in front of the customer, talking about having those relationships, making sure we had, right, someone um, who could right, help me with, with sales, right? I was never in a sales position, you know, professionally. So how does that look? How does it look for Andrew to be the face of a brand? You know, I didn't know what necessarily that, that meant up front. So, you know, out, out of the gate, it was, it was a slow tick. It was a slow tick. Um, and it's, it's that challenge, which is, right, stay the course. Stay the course. This is a long thing to, to, to build up. And then it, it started to pick up momentum. Like once we started to get enough information to understand, right, who our audience was, or the right type of events and things to align our brand to, then we were able to to grow. And, and I would say our, our first you know year, you know, we hit the numbers I, I thought we should hit, um, which was which was great. And then it's just been accelerating. It's 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 not this kind of smooth curve of growth. It's this you know we get a new distributor, a new account, so it kind of spikes, and then it kind of plateaus and spikes. So it's this kind of little stair step thing that that occurs, but always in an accelerating fashion, which is you know what I want. I mean, look, the the trend is definitely there. I, I think just a week ago, I was invited to a hangout. I had, I don't usually go out, and everyone there was drinking, you know, like uh, hard seltzers uh, to so that I don't throw any brands into the bus here. But I was like, you know, this used to be like what people did for keggers and you know, out like beer <laughs> predominantly or you know, hard liquor, and everyone was drinking hard seltzers. And and then all they had as a non-alcoholic alternative was. Uh, soda water and uh, as alternative. And I was like, wow, uh, there's definitely a change in sentiment, even in general, as a, as a broad trend of the way people feel about like drinking on a regular basis, especially when they know that it's Sunday and the next day is going to be Monday or something like that. You know, there's more of an awareness. There's a maturity in the market that I think does have an opening. And it, it excites me to hear 
where your head is at uh, and what you've been able to overcome so far and even the respect for sales, right? It's it's not a mystery and it's not unheard of that a app developer or some kind of software developer will do everything they can, add features, this and that. If I build it, it will come. And then they're yeah. like, why is nobody downloading my app? Right? It's like, well, there's a whole marketing and sales process that actually does that. But like Seth Godin says, right, uh, there is good marketing will only help a bad product fail faster, right? And and I, when I heard that, I was like, wait a minute. So when I hear your story, you took care of the hardest part, which is actually having a good product, right? Everything else from here is like you said, time. And there's a maturity to the process as it goes along. You're building your name. When I hear your story, I hear someone, and I've interviewed enough people to know this, I hear the true entrepreneur. I, I hear it, the, the dedication, the sacrifice, the refining of what you're trying to offer, taking the time to understand the market, right? Their needs, their wants, and how to even give them what they don't even know they want. You know, all those things coming together and in more than one flavor on top of that. You know, like when I hear all that and then you willing to undergo all the stress, the doubt that makes most people quit and you being able to overcome that all while it being served with this sense of purpose and mission with a origin story that should be able to touch any parent's heart, right? I mean, this is literally, not that they should, but this is literally something that likely someone who isn't 21 or over could possibly even drink just to be a part of the experience, right? I'm not saying that's the thing, but that could be. <laughs> so yeah, it's okay. No, no, I was just going to say, so like in a perfect world, if everyone was at, if everyone you loved was at a bar for a celebration for you and you had the chance to have your product there, what would, what would the world look like around you knowing that it's your product that's a part of this bar and this occasion on that day? So on, on that day, um, you know, in, in this bar, you know, right, friends and family, um, product, product there, it's, it, it looks, it looks inclusive. It looks celebratory. Um, there are those there that, you know, don't necessarily un understand, um, what it's like to be an entrepreneur. There are those there that really understand, understand that. And, and, and the message I think is, is the important thing is, right, is, is our time together. Right. And so we're all here. And whether you're not consuming alcohol for the month of January, you're not consuming it for the rest of your life, whatever reasons either you share or you don't share, that we can all have this cool drink together. I was, I, I just, I just love a cocktail in my hand. I love, a, I just love everything about a cocktail. So my goal was to to make sure we could all have this this cool cool drink together. And like we're better than just offering soda or offering right cranberry juice and, and tonic or whatever you might get. Um, we're, we're better than that. We we deserve better than that. And so that's that's what Cut Above is, is there for. And then, hey, let's stop talking about it. Let's start talking about something else, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes and yes. I mean, just think of what this could do even for 12-step programs and those reunions where they're together, right? I mean, I, as I sit here and, and meditate on this topic with you, things that I never even thought about begin to unravel in my mind the possibilities of where this could play a significant role in therapy, right? Uh, and just socializing and bringing people closer together. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on yeah. here. So I guess the biggest question is, how can the people who are listening to this, whether they're an entrepreneur or not, support the growth and development of Cut Above? I would say that the biggest thing people can do is, is just ask. 
like if you have just a, an interest in this product or, or you want to try it and you're out at a restaurant, ask what are, what are your non-alcoholic options? And do you have a, maybe you have a beer, but you don't have a wine and you don't have a cocktail. You know, why, why not? And so that, that question, those questions, if they, if enough of them stack up, right, that, that place then has this, this motivation to, to develop right, a non-alcoholic beverage, beverage program. So I would say, um, right, what consumers ask for is going to drive what, what they get. So I think that's, that's the first thing. Um, and then the second thing is, is if you get something and it's not good, right? It's, it's this afterthought when everything else on the menu took a lot of forethought. You know, challenge them. Say, hey, this isn't this isn't very good. You know, I really want like I love gin and tonics. I'm just on this medication. I can't have none for the next two weeks. Like, can you make make me like a gin and tonic? And the cut above the beauty behind it is, hey, I'm going to make you a gin and tonic. This is not an alcohol. Cool. So you didn't have to change the cocktail that you ordered. It was the one you you knew and loved. Um, you're just having it without without that alcohol. So um, asking for it, um, demanding a, a quality product, um, I think is also important. And then. Um, sharing. So for me, the, the consumer feedback is massively valuable. So we always go into the question, right? With, right what's the problem we're trying to solve? Or we go into like a, a bar or restaurant, like, hey, do you have any trouble with anything? That's what we start with. Um, like we listen first. And the the answers, right? The feedback, whether it's from us, like, hey, this this is terrible. I never tasted something terrible. Like I'm like, okay, tell me a little bit more about that. Well, it's, you know, it has this um this component to it that I, that I really don't don't like. And you know, well, how, how did you try it? You know, I, just, I took it out of, out of the box in the bottle. It was middle summer and I put it in a glass. Well, you know, that's, I wouldn't drink a hot liquid fresh out of UPS um, in the middle of this this past summer. So let's make a cocktail with it. And, and okay, maybe, maybe you still didn't like the cocktail. Okay, we'll tell me about flavors you like. And so it's not about always saying, hey, cut above is, is the right end, right? I developed four. And, and across those individual spirits, there's a wide variety, right? How many whiskeys are out there and they all taste different. And so it's, it's about finding for the consumer, what, what are these things they need help with understanding about a non-alcoholic mezcal compared to a traditional mezcal and welcoming that feedback, um, which is something, something we do. I think there's a vacuum right now in our segment and I want to fill that by being the recipient of a, of a lot of those comments. And, and some of them, you know, as as a founder, some of those those comments hurt. Man, you just you just heard me talk about all this work we put into it, and someone's like, "This is the worst thing I put in my." Um, but every beverage gets that right, and especially right when when we're new and we're figuring it out, and, and there's an educational com- component. Um, and I just know we have right for every you know one of those five that are like, "This is amazing." Yeah, I'm I'm so glad you ha- we have this now. Um, whether they're in in recovery. Um, and they can safely consume non-alcoholic beverages. You know, someone came up to me the other day and said, I've been in recovery for 20 years, so over 20 years. And before that, I, I had way too many gin and tonics. So I said, it. he's like, I never thought I was going to have that taste ever again in my life. It was just, you know, part of the sacrifice. And he's like, this is so cool. Like this, this takes me back there, but in a way that's safe for me, for me now. And so those types of things I, I love, right? We're meeting people where they're at, um, you know, with, with the high quality product. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really what I'm getting from our conversation is the level of impact this can have for so many people for a variety of reasons. And it's like you said, uh, we hope that the the strategy that we all together who are in support of this implement is to get it to become very similar to a gluten-free ask, right? Or a dairy-free ask at any any place that we go to, whether it's a diner, a fancy restaurant, whatever the case may be, if they happen to serve the alcoholic choice, we should very well have a zero proof like cut above there for us that reliably understands 
that that's what they're serving and that's what they created. Uh, for me, I could ask for nothing more, especially as somebody who does not drink. You know, I just, ha I may have a bias here, but I also know many people who were heavy drinkers and in the past couple of holidays, as we just came out of them, right, surprised me with, ah, I'm not drinking anymore. You know, and of course, some people make a big deal out of it. I said, okay, cool. And just kept on pushing. You know, we changed the conversation. Mm -hmm. It would have been nice to have been like, well, look what I got for you. You know what I mean? And, and just pushing that forward. And for me, that's what excites me the most is about normalizing that, but also giving people options. Because that's right. And, know, and, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Giving those options. And I would say for, for, for this to be, the, this for our segment to be the size, I think it really can and should be. Like we have to appeal to more than just the person who's already made that decision to not consume alcohol, right? Yeah. So I spend a lot of time, right, at, at feedback asking for, particularly for people who consume alcohol, whether they're still doing it or they're, they're newly stopped, um, right? That that's who I am. I'm still a consumer of of alcohol. So I think about right. Why is dry January in the month of January? So well, we went nuts in November and December. <laughs> so what would it look like if we didn't have to go nuts in November and December? If we had that ability as you know, consumers of alcohol throughout the course of the year to just be in control. And it was so important, right? The cut part of our name, we have what we call a cut cocktail you know, on the trademark board. And um, when I'm making dinner, I would usually have a, a gin and tonic. Now I still have the, my traditional gin of choice that I put in there, but I put half as much and I bring in cut above that other half. So the cocktail stays balanced, right? There's no less volume or anything like that. And I don't miss that other ounce. I'm consuming one ounce less of, of alcohol. Um, and, and we find when we bring it that way, we're able to say to somebody, okay, there may be components that, that you really like from, from again, that not take a bottle, take cut above, right? And pull something from you. Hey, keep what you like, right? And, and, and if you want something that's a lower strength, lower ABV, here's the way to do it, cut above. And we're actually designed for that because to me, that gives us broad appeal. Um, it gives us messaging that isn't ever anti-alcohol. Um, so we always lead with, Hey, it's, it's your choice. You know, there's this wide spectrum where people are at on the relationship with alcohol. It, it changes over time and, and cut above it fits, you know, across, across that spectrum. I mean, I can't wait till one day we have a karaoke bar or something that has just, you know, it, it can either be all of it, which would be super novel in its own right, where it's only, you know, zero proof, uh, beverages, but it, it likely the, the better reality to be inclusive because that's part of your mission would be to have a bar that has all that and people can sing sure. Bohemian Rhapsody, whether they're sloshed or not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with that said, uh, I'm curious, are you, are you going to, are you going to be staying bootstrapped or are you accepting, uh, you know, invitations to potentially have investors involved? What does that look like? Yeah, we are. We, um, we just started a, a round some, you know, the, the names vary. We'll call it seedish, right? Between pre-seed and, and seed. Um, it's really built um, to help us operate at scale. So, yes, yeah, so we are in, in the middle of a round. Welcome, right, partners who um, right, can, can bring um, something to the table right beyond the cash, which is absolutely valuable and, and, and needed. But um, experience in the industry can help us scale, understand the vision, understand brand building. Um, we, we, we need that uh, to be able to operate at scale. It's, it's part of our, our, our growth. Um, we were able to bootstrap and, and do right friends and family, the kind of typical things up, up until now. Right on. And where would people connect with you in relation to that and just in relation to connecting with the brand as well? Yeah, absolutely. I said, you know, the best way, um, if you go to our, our website, there's like a quick email form and you can just, you know, submit that out there. Um, my email address, right, is, is Andrew at Drink Cut Above. Let me just go ahead and say it, right? Don't go to the web. 
andreadreamcutabove.com. Let's make it easy. Um, you know, I welcome just conversations, learn more about um, or someone who's interested in investment for sure. Right on. And they could just go to drinkcutabove.com to yeah. look for it. Yeah, you can go there and learn about, about our story a little bit more. And then, um, yeah, you, and they send me an, an email. I'm always happy to, to talk with, with anyone about what I'm doing here. This has been awesome, man. Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time, for answering all my crazy questions. And I actually look forward to hopefully one day sharing a toast with one of your own very own made drinks. Thanks, Philip. I appreciate it. Thanks for all you do. Um, value uh, what you bring to uh, to us founders. Uh, a lot of relatable stories I've heard uh, on your show. So thanks for what you do as well. It was a pleasure.